0: We're privileged again to have Eddie Sharp with us. Uh, Eddie's always been one of my favorite speakers, whenever I've had an opportunity to hear him. Eddie lives a quarter mile south of the Galleria in Dallas. You all know where that is. He was at the University Church in Abilene for 28 years and at Austin Avenue for 10 in Austin. I don't know the rest of his resume, but I know that whenever he speaks, I'm happy I was there. So uh, I give you Eddie Sharp. Well, it, from just what he told you, you know that last night's basketball game was weird for me. And for all of you who go, why do preachers always talk about sports? I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. That's okay. In the in the lesson today, I am going to talk about a butterfly, and I'm going to get it all back. You see, when when I do that, it'll be fine. Um, it's been good to be with you. I, I am really a preacher that's made for a church. Um, I, I don't don't want this to sound uppity, uh, but uh, I'll be the blind leading the seeing here. If I don't do this right. Um, I don't mean to be uppity, but I I'm not usually really comfortable with the drop into a church one time and preach because I preach better to people I know. Because you can call names and point, stuff like that, you know. When you just do a drive by preaching, it's kind of generic. Y'all do better because, you know, y'all should do better because you know how y'all are. It's kind of kind of generic. And so by getting to come back again after last week, you're in more trouble. And then next week, and then by the time we get to Easter, I, I, there's no telling what we're going to do. But anyway, it's, it's nice to get to come back. It's nice to come back and see people that I've known before, uh, see some of the people that I met last week again, and be delighted that they came back. Uh, that's sweet. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, Marilyn Knight. I, sp- I suppose that's spelled knigget right? Um, Marilyn Knight, her husband right over there. Marilyn was a missionary in Argentina for a long, long time. She was there when the money was worth a lot. She was there when the money wasn't worth anything. Do You remember any of that yourself, Ricky? Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, and she brought pictures of me from 1984. I'm a skinny little dude. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like I needed to have a vanilla wafer or something. But anyway, it was so nice. She was great there. Anyway, it's been good to be with you. Um. Uh, And I want to ask the Lord to give us uh, clarity this morning. I want to ask the Lord to give us a love for his word. And, And more than that, I want to ask the Lord to give us a love for Jesus. To give us a love for Jesus who is the very Lord of our life. And for us to appreciate what it means to be called together as a people... And to be the people who belong to Jesus. Now that looks like something encouraging, doesn't it? Dying to live. But this dying to live principle is one of the key principles of the Christian faith. And I want you to hear how it all plays out. I appreciate the reading we had from our brother Pruitt here a while ago. But I'd like to back up to verse 20. This is Jesus, the triumphal entry is over, he's been anointed at Bethany, he is in the middle of the last week, and these Greeks, they're not Greek Greeks, they're Jewish Greeks, they're Greek, Grecian Jews, they come because they've probably come a long way to be in Jerusalem for Passover. They come and they've heard about Jesus and and they come wanting to have an audience with him. We would like to see Jesus. So they go to Philip. And Philip takes them to Andrew. Andrew's really good at helping people get to Jesus. That's a whole different sermon. And Jesus, when they are presented to him, Jesus basically says, "Um, that time when it was really going to be nice to sit down and visit with Jesus is done those walks along the road in Galilee are done those moments of healing by pools and in houses they're done now we've come to the very climax of what this has been about. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant must also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, my heart is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd was there and heard it and said it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken. But Jesus continues His voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up, will draw all to myself. And he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Sir, we would see Jesus. Do you really want to see Jesus? Do you really want to see Jesus as He is? People may have wanted to see the Messiah the way they had imagined Him. Maybe the Messiah who is the King, a new David. Maybe the Messiah who is a new lawgiver, a new Moses. Maybe he is a triumphant general who's going to drive the Romans out. And maybe if they're lucky, the Sadducees right after them. People are eager to see Jesus as they might imagine him. But do you really want to see Jesus as he is? Earlier, back in Mark chapter 10, when the apostles had been wrestling about who was greatest, Jesus had talked to them about what it meant to be a servant. And he says in verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you want to see the king or do you want to see the ransom? Have you come for the sacrifice? And so Jesus teaches in order to live, you have to die. You have to die to live. It's an interesting principle, dying to live. Most of us think um, we need to live to live. In fact, we like living it up. That's a good time. A lot of the people at spring break are not there to give themselves as a sacrifice for others. They're there to see how many uh, red plastic cups they can pile in a bag. And then they climb in the bag with it. Jesus says that you become what you are meant to be by dying so that you can have a different kind of life. Now, is that right? My, my, one of my favorite illustrations is about caterpillars. Caterpillars are they're gooey worms. They're, have you ever stepped on a caterpillar? We don't want to talk about it. They, they're just sort of, I don't know. Uh, one time in a Star Trek episode, an alien called human beings ugly bags of mostly water. Well, I don't know about us, but a, a caterpillar is that. And, and my favorite caterpillar, I guess his name was Carlisle, I, I, I don't know, I don't know his last name. But Carlisle, this uh, caterpillar, was out one day and, and he saw a butterfly go over and he said, you'll never get me up in one of those. <laughs> and the butterfly said, Carlisle. I'm sure he said it just like that. Carlyle. what I am is your destiny. But in order to be what you are meant to be, you cannot stay what you are. Now Carlyle didn't believe it <clears throat> because it was hard to imagine it. Looking at what he was and looking at the glory that was fluttering around overhead... But after a while, after eating a bunch of stuff and dodging a few bicycles, he went to almost a tomb, almost a cocoon tomb. And there he was transformed so that when he came out, he was kind of wet and wrinkled kind of the way you came out of your baptism. Kind of wet and wrinkled and soon after a a little sunshine and warm wind Carlisle became the butterfly. Now I don't have pictures of all this or any on tape interview transcripts but but I assure you this is mostly true. Now there were caterpillars who had joined together against change and they had said in their meetings we hear that some kind of change might be coming but we're gonna hang on to caterpillar life we're gonna hang on to caterpillar life and we're not going to go into the cocoons and we don't wanna change we don't want to leave who we are we don't want to leave what we have we don't want to leave the way we do it we don't want to leave any of that because caterpillars forever now if you ever study preaching there is such a thing as maintaining a metaphor too long And some of you are ready to move on. Because hmm, this is supposed to be about Jesus. And it is. At one point Jesus gave up everything to come into the world and to be born. As a baby in Bethlehem welcomed into the Jewish nation. But his destiny was not his glory. His destiny was his death. And he gave up everything to become what he needed to be for us. He says, you know, a grain of wheat, a kernel of corn, it just cannot remain what it is and be what it's supposed to be. It's got to fall into the ground. It's got to give itself up. It's got to look for all the world like it's gone, buried, dead. In order for new life come. So Jesus says. I'm here to seek you. I'm here to die. And I'm here to draw you. To myself. And the only way I can. Draw you. Is to seek for you. Die for you. And draw you to myself now you know what the preachery thing is i've got to do now right Sure. i've got to say this is what we're about that we're about being the people who are alive in the kingdom of god we're about being the people who have heard the call of the Lord Jesus, and He has called us to Himself. But as the old German theologian said, when Christ calls a man, He bids him come and die. I remember when I was baptized, I was baptized one night, and I remember going home thinking, if Jesus would just come now, My grandmother had given me a bowl of ice cream in celebration. And my little 11-year-old brain was ready to go to glory. But I didn't. And the times, the walk of becoming, I hope, more like Jesus began. And some of that was hard times. Some of that was looking in the mirror and going, I've been been sought by Jesus. I've been seeking Jesus. And now the dying has to begin. And isn't dying on a cross really a good illustration of what dying to yourself is? It'd be weird if dying to yourself was like a sudden death. That you said... Lord, I want to be more like Jesus. Bang! It's not like that. It's a long journey. You have to get a little bit more like Jesus in order to be able to see what's in you that's not like Jesus. The Holy Spirit works and works and works and works. And there's this passage in 2 Corinthians 5. And all of us with unveiled faces... Seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror. All of us are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. We are being transformed more as we die more. A part of our prayer is, Lord, help us to be even more dead to ourselves so that we, by the work of the Lord Jesus and His blood and the gift of the Holy Spirit, might become more alive to you. And when people see us, they see the very reflection of Jesus more and more and more. A church cannot be a league for self-preservation. Church, to be what the Lord Jesus wants it to be, must be a place where there is a body of people, each one involved in a great task of spiritual formation. Offer yourselves as a spiritual sacrifice unto God. And that the church itself, corporately, as a body, as an all of us, is also dying for the sake of the world. And is also learning and being spiritually infused with new wisdom and new insights about what it means to be a body of Christ in the community. And we are on the great adventure of becoming exactly the church that Kerrville needs in this moment, in this time, that we're not in the, the the task of resurrecting some other church for some other place. This is the church they had in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and it was good enough for people with coon dogs. It's good enough for people who live in rocks and bushes. Church in Jerusalem. Didn't look exactly like Antioch. Core doctrine was the same, but those people up in Antioch, they thought you could go preach to the Gentiles. I don't know about them. And so, as Christians in formation, these three things we need to remember. There are people without Jesus would still like to see Jesus. And, And our outreach is really not to the people who don't want to see Jesus. Our outreach is for the people who are looking for what is missing in their life and we know who that is. There aren't many fat and happy skeptics who are rooted in some kind of agnostic atheistic kind of thought that have all they want and all they need. There are not many of them looking for Jesus. Jesus is usually found among those who are facing their mortality or facing their Failure, or facing their habits or facing the limitations that they've suddenly found they have in their life and a person could be a person who's got pockets could be have a ton of money and come to know they're just empty without something and the people that are going to show these folks who Jesus is are the people who have died in Christ and have been raised to become something new. We die to ourselves to have new life, the very life of Jesus in us. And so we ask that the world would see the glory of the dying and living Christ in us. Now let me just say something about that. Somebody said, You've been talking twenty minutes and now you're going to say something? It's about time. I I don't I just do those asides because I know I know what that's what you're saying. For the people who are looking for Jesus, we need to make sure it is Jesus they see. And what that means is that I want to get rid of as much of me that is not about Jesus as I can. So if when I'm with these people, if they're offended by something, if they're offended by Jesus. Not by some silly thing I'm doing. I want to put aside what might offend somebody. I want them to, to see Jesus. And a church, a body of Christ in a community, needs to make sure that it is a church that is for Jesus. I would rather us be here a church of Christ than a church of Christ. And some people know the difference. We live in a time where communities care less and less about denominational affiliations. And I know we're not a denomination. Everybody in our denomination says that. We need to make sure that the way we treat everybody as a church, that the things that describe us, the things that depict us, are things that to the community make sense for Jesus. Or we diminish Jesus to the size of our prejudices. We diminish Jesus to the, sign of the size of our habits. We diminish Jesus. And so I, I want to give you a word here. It's not on a slide because, you know, the Lord didn't give me this word when I made these slides. I want to give you the word Indifference. Indifference one of the best things a church can be is indifferent somebody says "Well, we're almost there then no that's not indifferent to everything but the work and progress of the kingdom of God in the world that the thing that matters most is thy will be done On earth. As it is in heaven. And to be a church. Of the mission of God. To be a church. That is not wrapped up. In what it is. In it's status quo. But what it is. In it's status Jesus. And whatever. Takes us closer to Jesus. Is not just negotiable. It is. Useless baggage. When Jesus said a seed must fall into the ground in order for it to become what it was meant to be, he said, You can't be what you're going to be without without some significant change in your life. And so my hope and my prayer for you as the preacher you don't know and you know we won't have ever have this group exactly in the same room ever again I just want you to love Jesus I want you to seek a meaningful spiritual death and a meaningful resurrection in Jesus both individually as families and in the life of the church So that Christ can be seen in the world. May it be so. And this morning, if what you want most in your life is Jesus, and what you've heard Jesus say to you in Scripture and in the lives of people around you is that there is a fresh start in Christ and you can become a person you never imagined you could be in Christ We want you to know that that's true. This morning, we'd love to help you with a new life. Some of us who are in Christ need to be willing to unhook from our familiar things and become indifferent to everything but the kingdom of God. May we be free to become what we were meant to be in Christ.